0: Love, talk radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on September 25th, 2020. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That is what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. joe terry and you can read all about our many adventures on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the south bay show persistence passion principle and purpose this is what we talk about here on the south bay show joining us as co-host the president and ceo of the manhattan beach chamber kelly stroman and, of course, with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you?
1: I'm well this morning, Joe. I'm, I'm glad that you made it into the studio uh, yeah. this morning on time. Yeah, <laughs> yesterday you had some issues uh, getting, getting I, to join us, but I'm glad that you're you're back in the saddle
0: couldn't find the front door and then I think the security guard was like uh, wasn't quite sure of who I was
1: <laughs> oh yeah well good
2: morning Kelly <laughs> good morning and happy Friday I missed all that drama yeah. yesterday but I, I just was going to say did you have a did you get stuck in a commute or a sig alert on the you know the Terry <laughs> express link?
0: I think there was a sig alert yes there was definitely a sig alert yeah.
1: Uh, hey, Kelly, yeah. Kelly, Kelly. It was four minutes to showtime, right? And and yeah. there's no sign of Joe. And of course, I call him and I text him and I get no answer. I call him again. You know, um, four minutes to show. I still don't have the guest on. So I dial the guest. I get the guest on, and while I'm doing that, I'm pulling up the intro that I was using while he was busy this summer and I was hosting the show. And uh, yeah, so it was just it was just boom. I had to just jump into it and you know pretend uh, this was expected. But it all went okay. But I did mm. I I did a little monologue by myself yesterday that I would like to repeat today if if either of mm. you don't mind. Mm. No, okay. no, not at all. I I have a I was just saying yesterday a little food for thought. So, with the COVID nineteen pandemic, you know everything shut down. Everything was canceled this summer. You know, ev- you know ev- throughout the rest of the year we're. You know, not going to have any big events, but think about this for a minute. Halloween may be the only special occasion that can actually adhere to, you know, all the rules and regulations about masks and social distancing. So just think about this. Pretty much all costumes have a mask, right? A lot of them Mm. have gloves, right? It's Mm. not... A large group of people, you generally have a a family unit or a group of kids, small group of kids, that go from house to house. They don't go inside. They're outside, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And everything that's given out, the candy and stuff is all wrapped, right? And it's not like Mm -hmm. big family functions, you know, where everybody's hugging and kissing. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Uncle Leo, you know? I uh, I don't know. I there 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 might be something to be said for allowing a little trick or treating this. You're not the big events, not the Riviera trick or treat, not downtown Manhattan, none of the scary houses. You you know that the last couple of years Halloween events have well overtaken uh you know Christmas events. I, I, I mean Halloween everybody does something. And the last couple of years on my calendar, you know, there were like 50 things to do on holiday night. Obviously, none of those big things are going to happen. But, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? Well, um, hopefully, L.A. County Department of Health isn't
2: listening. (laughs) 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 Um, And I would be so impressed if they were listening to our show. Um, Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you, and I don't disagree with all of that, um, but in Manhattan Beach, um, it has been, you know, a situation where there's, th- on the walk streets, thousands, th- thousands, right. I used yeah. to live on the walk streets, and thousands, you know, and I can tell you a lot, I mean, I don't, I haven't talked to everybody on the walk streets, but a lot of them are like, we are not opening up, we are, you know, we're going to, lock the front door, turn off the lights and be in the back of our house. And because it is thousands. Now i told them, I go, you know, people are still going to come and they're like, ah, you know, (laughs) so I, I don't know. I, you know, I hopefully people will just do their immediate neighborhood and block, which is a lot of people do do, you know, um, I no longer live on the walk streets and I live in in a kind of a quieter neighborhood. And, you know, usually I get like, I don't know, I would say 20 to 30 kids, which is such a departure from literally a 1,000 to 2,000. And I'm not joking, people, Mm -hmm. you know. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully people will just do that small little thing, just like you hang out with your neighbors and your friends to whatever, you know, play basketball in the street in the afternoon or something. Hopefully they'll kind of do the same thing for Halloween because I would hate, and it will be interesting, to your point, you know, Jackie, and, it will be interesting to see after Halloween, it, you know, two or three weeks later, if we have spikes again. Because, by the way, what's two or three weeks after Halloween kind of comes Thanksgiving, right? So, you know, it, you know, um, hopefully, people, you know, will. Uh, just keep it you know tame let's just say you know cuz the problem is too is when people go to someone's house for for a party they are taking off their masks they're eating they're drinking whatever you know so we'll see i, I think it will definitely uh, it'll definitely be different obviously from the rest of you know the years but um you know what gosh if i had young kids um i think one of the funnest things I think i loved I'm so bummed. And the kids are going to be bummed. And the kid, hey, by the way, a lot of kids put their Halloween costumes on, like, in April. You know what I mean? So right. kids are still going to That's dress true. up, which I, they should, and I love that, because when you're a little kid, man, you wear that Spider-Man costume whenever you want to. You go to sleep with it. You you know, you know do whatever you yes. want, yes. Uh, as you should. I love that when kids dress up and play like that. Um, but it's, uh, you know, the you, there's not going to be any of the parades, at the schools. That's one of the funnest thing, you know, in elementary school when all the kids, you know, dress up, the teachers dress up and you have a parade around the school or the blacktop or wherever the school does at the field, you know. And um gosh, it's just you know, but it's it's one more thing that we have to uh, adapt to this year and there's it's just the way it is, you know. It is, um, it is.
1: Okay. well, you know, uh, we we have the same situation for, in our neighborhood where literally buses will pull up to our corner and mm-hmm. unload kids, you know, you mm-hmm. know, by the hundreds, you know. Um, and yes. and it's very popular, particularly you know there are neighborhoods where people travel, like you know Beverly Hills is famous. You know people you know bus in huge numbers of kids to go trick, yes. trick or treating there. And um, and yes, we we've always we've always had a ton of kids. And you're right, but as I said, you know it would be nice if we just got back to kind of like the kids on the block, you know just mm-hmm. it, it, this kind of reminds me of the first year after Katrina hit New Orleans and mm-hmm. they had a Mardi Gras, you mm-hmm. know, that, that late, uh, it was the early the next year. And the reports afterwards were, gosh, this is what it was like 30 years ago when it was just the neighborhood people, you know, mm-hmm. just, just out to enjoy the parades and the festivities and stuff, because obviously the city had not recovered and hotel rooms weren't open and stuff like that. So the crowd's, uh, were, were very thinned out, but they said it was really very nice. Um, and this, this kind of reminds me of that a little bit.
2: Yeah. It, um, I know it, it, it is true. And I guess every year can't be perfect, right? Uh, <laughs> Oh, we have to reinvent, we have to reinvent and reinvent again. But, um, you know what, maybe businesses, you know, will still dress up. Um, and, you know, you can still carve a pumpkin. Um, you can maybe race it down your driveway instead of racing it down the streets of Manhattan Beach on our big, you know, pumpkin racing. I mean, yeah. the world-famous pumpkin races are – they're world-famous. And there's people now doing that across the country. It's kind of become like a – you can buy the program, you know. And, um, gosh, it's just such a fun – so unique I, Manhattan I have Beach.
1: To, I, mean, I have to tell you, Kelly, we had on – um uh, joe i i'm not going to remember the names but we had the the founders of the great pumpkin years ago we had them we had them on the show and they and i didn't know the history of it i didn't know that it started on a street in manhattan beach i you know it was just like a one one block that the neighbors got together and and they lived i guess on a steep street and and they did it like that for so many years and it got so popular that they gave it to the city, and the city took it over and moved it to downtown. I mean, it's such a great story, and right. and it's and it, literally Kelly, um, several years ago, one of my nieces and nephews who ha- they have young kids, um, they live in Jersey, and they started on their street a great pumpkin mm-hmm. race because they saw it in my they saw it in my in my weekend guide, mm-hmm. and, uh, they they didn't have they didn't have a hilly street, so what they did was they built a ramp. You know, they built mm-hmm. a wooden ramp, yeah, um, and, and they and they it became a tradition on their block. So yeah, you're right. It's it it started in Manhattan Beach, and it's it's gone all over the world. I think.
2: Yeah, it, no, it has, and um, the holiday. My, my oldest son went to preschool uh, with a holiday twins, and, which is John Holiday and Kay Holliday, it was their house over in East Manhattan that hosted um, the pumpkin races every year. And John Holliday had started it with, um, I think it was three other of his guy friends way before any of them were married. And, you know, they'd sit around, drink a beer, and, you know, build a pumpkin and race it down their street, and ha, 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 right? <laughs> you can just envision, right? Yes, And then yes. They, they all eventually got married, and then they continued it, and then they all eventually started having kids, and they continued it. And it was, I remember it vividly because uh we met them in the really young days of preschool, and we did it, I think, I want to say twice. Or three times at their house. And it was like that last time, they're like, okay, we got to move. And it was the last year they did it. They actually brought in like uh, porta potties for like the street because the crowd had, because all the kids were starting to grow up and their friend base was growing. So all the people would come, you know. And then after mm-hmm. that, you know, they were like, okay, we got to, we got to move this somewhere else, you know. And that's when the city, they went to the city, they got involved, Parks and Rec, and Um, You know, the snow park used to be run by the – at the time was the Indian Guides, now known as Adventure Guides. And then – Eventually, um, Skechers came in and um, sponsored a lot of it, and you know, uh, took it to the next level with the city, and then eventually formed the Friendship Walk. And I don't know. This is a good question, actually. I don't know if the Friendship Walk for Skechers, which is which traditionally always happens the morning of the pumpkin races, and then all of that, you know, pomp and circumstance leads into the pumpkin race festival. Um, and then the actual races in the afternoon. We'll have to go back and uh, see when the Skechers Friendship Walk actually started. Did it start
1: like after the class, you know you know or before no, or what? No, yeah. You know you know you know what I remember Kelly because I've been doing my 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 week my website going on ten years, and the first couple of years that I was doing that I, when I was posting the information, they weren't connected. They, they as a matter of fact. I think the first year or two, they weren't even the same weekend. They Correct. were both happening. There was a walk right. and there was a pumpkin race, but they they weren't on the same day and they weren't connected. And all of a sudden I remember the year came that all I was like, wait a minute. You, you we're having the walk and the pumpkin race on the same day? Right. Uh, so so it wasn't always like that. You're right.
2: Yeah. You know, it's uh, interesting you say that, uh, just uh, skipping holidays. Um The same thing happened with the holiday open house and the pier lighting. Um, They've both been been going on for 25 plus years, um, and after you know, and they were different dates. And gosh, it was probably about 15 years ago or so. I'd have to look back at the history. um, They were combined you know, onto the same night. So the holiday open house starts, and then at 7 p.m., the, you know, the the flip of the switch for the pier. So, you know, when these events, I mean, Manhattan Beach, Willie, the South Bay, is so well-known for these mega, and I want to call them neighborhood events, because these are not like AVP that travels the United States. You know, this is things that were created right here in the South Bay. And right. th- when they get to, it, and, you know, and as we always say, everybody gets behind these. They get behind the cause, they get behind whatever it is and they really show up and participate and support. And eventually these events do get so big. And so it's interesting, you know, what else has been combined over the years? Because we just we just figured out that the pumpkin race and the Skechers Walk, you know, that combined into one day. How the open house and peer lighting combined into one day. We're gonna have to like we're gonna have to do You know, go back and do a little history on the events you know in Manhattan Beach in the South Bay because I bet there's more things like that that are as we know them today, but the origin was something a little different. You know, when I look back at the history of the uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, in Manhattan Beach, it's really fascinating to me because um, the chamber, like you know, 75, 80 years ago started the Hometown Fair, but it was called something different. We started the Catalina Classic, but it was called something else. And then everything kind of morphs into, you know, what it is known as today or a slight iteration, you know, since then too.
1: Um,
2: and the Charles
1: Stakely, the, char- the, char- the Six yeah. Man, it yeah. didn't yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was another situation like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, and yeah, because Six Man was separate and then the surf fest was founded, and um, uh, it's, yeah, it's fun to, you know, to, because when all of a sudden you read something like that, you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's now called the whatever, blah, blah, you know. Um, so um, it's kind of fun. Speaking of which, next weekend, not not tomorrow, but next weekend, October 3rd and 4th, is um, the Hometown Fair. And right. they're calling it the ho- the Hometown unfair
1: unfair very (laughs) clever very very so 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 unfair so unfair yes i love that that's so great
2: um and the the, you know it's going to be virtual obviously and the manhattan beach you know 10k will be virtual a virtual race um but the hometown unfair um i was just corrected this week no longer called the old hometown fair; it's just hometown fair. I'm like, when did they drop the old hometown fair? Because, <laughs> and I was like, and then look back, and I'm like, oh, they're right. You know, of course they're right, but and I'm wrong. But I was like, um, you know, it's, it's little. I'm like, why did they drop that? Because that adds a little bit of nostalgia too. But you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Though. There's, um, they have a really fun merchandise. Um, the hometown fair does that they're going to be selling out in front of the uh, uh, City Hall, Manhattan Beach Library area next weekend. Um, You can buy it online, although I know they were having a little bit of problem this week with their their website, so I'm not sure it's back online. But they have some really fun T-shirts and hats and a puzzle everybody's oh this is interesting everybody's you know as we know is creating puzzles these days right they're taking yeah, yeah. um things like this they're taking like Bo bridges got into the puzzle you know business right at the beginning of the pandemic so many people are going puzzle, right i ran into you know amanda hunter Man, amanda is the uh um, creator of kind of the animated maps yes, in the south yes, bay yes, yes uh and i say because they are kind of animated you know they're hand drawn uh, anyways I ran into her last night and I said, Amanda, are you going to you know, um, replenish you know, the, the at least Manhattan Beach puzzle stock? Because those flew off the shelves last year. That um, was one of the hottest Christmas gifts around here last year. And then we, we had them at the chamber too. We didn't sell that many because the stores, people, we want people going to the stores and buying them. It was just more of a service for us to have them. And I said, are you going to um, you know, have those? And she's like, nope, I'm just doing Redondo Beach. She goes the puzzle business, <laughs> she goes, you, it's just exploded. And like the waiting yeah. time and the backup, you know, which is interesting. So we always say there are silver linings, right. To this crazy pandemic. And um, yeah, the, you know, she's like, I wish I would have thought about this. And known I would have bought a puzzle making company. And I'm like, yeah, there's, yeah, I would have too. <laughs> yeah. So oh,
1: yeah, she, was, yeah. she was in touch. She was in touch with me. Um it, it unfortunately when I was out of town because I had uh I bought a spot on the last Redondo Beach puzzle she did um uh-huh. for my company logo and she she texted me or something and I was out of town I saw it I didn't see it right away I looked at it a couple of days later asking me if I wanted my spot again and I didn't get back to her soon enough because she was doing a puzzle this time for Redondo. Uh-huh. So I so mm-hmm. I, I missed my chance but that is so cool. You know, that is yeah. that is so cool, especially when, well, not just puzzles, but um, I don't even know if they still do this, but Monopoly, um, you used to be able to mm. have Monopoly boards done in your town instead of Park Place and, you know, the the classic yeah. one. And I remember years ago, uh, one of the salons um, that was uh, an older woman uh, owned for years, uh, she brought one in one day when I was there, and they had one of Riviera Village they had they had the monopoly of R- River Village with all the stores and we went through it and there were only like you know three stores you know that were still around from when they did that yeah. monopoly for, yeah. yeah so yeah those are so yeah. cool those are so cool yeah the
2: custom monopolies those are fun you know i think we all grew up playing the original monopoly right you know and yes. and I, I remember when the first I I don't know. I I, one of the first um, different iterations that I was aware of was when they started getting to the on the sports teams. Like I think we had Dodgers Monopoly, or or no, it was MLB. It was you know Major League Baseball Monopoly. So all the different teams were the blocks, right? You know, um, and then NFL Monopoly, and, and you guys all, you know, that reminds me of my Monopoly stories at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, when we're all shut down and you know, I'm not supposed to leave, yeah. so <laughs> you know, I pulled out. I pulled I, my both my boys were back home and pulled out Monopoly, thinking, oh, this would be a fun thing. And it, you know, literally was World War three and four at my house. Um, <laughs> playing, you know, playing, playing Monopoly with type A personalities. You know, in their early twenties, and me who, you know, is their mother, telling them,
1: you know, to behave.
2: Uh, yeah, super fun. Um,
1: <laughs> try, try playing. Try playing Monopoly with real estate developers. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> that 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 gets that gets real ugly real fast. You yeah. know, what? we
2: should.
1: <laughs> um, Joe, you're being so quiet. We
2: we know you're still there, but it, I have this is this is an idea because you're such the tech person. Let's um, a, a a virtual. Everything else is virtual, so why not a virtual Monopoly, Jackie and Joe? I mean, let's do it. Let's figure that out. Wouldn't that be funny? Um, maybe
1: funny, not funny. <laughs> <laughs> not, not funny. Not sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, well, you know, um, I just wanted to mention that um, we, we we have a guest schedule for today that is not answering our calls. Um, we're still working on it, but um, we haven't found him yet, so that's why we're just taking our time talking about, you know, all of this other stuff, which is fun you know which is which is a lot of fun but um kelly do you want to uh bring us up to speed on uh other local chamber news uh,
0: well, local you you that, you chamber? i just i just want to i just want to start the chamber news with one of the most <laughs> important things that you can do in the chamber <laughs> and that's join the chamber i want to announce uh that i have just joined for probably the fourth time (laughs) the manhattan beach chamber and i'm very uh glad i i uh have reconstituted my forever memoirs uh videography business and i joined the manhattan beach chamber this week
1: congratulations thank you (laughs) that's you know you you know i don't know if kelly they allowed me to join (laughs) They, they they allowed you that that's questionable, Joe. I don't know. I don't oh. know. If I was there, I might have twice about that. No, I'm only kidding. Um, Kelly, I I wanted to mention. You know, last week the chamber did the um, living trusts wills. Uh, you had a you had a workshop on some very important topics. And um, in last weekend's guide, you know, I had that that information in the guide last weekend. But I I put a little preface to it, in that, you know. Most chambers have seminars and workshops and stuff, and generally there's a fee involved, right? But mm-hmm. some chambers, like the Manhattan Beach Chamber, have been offering all of these services for free for the last six months, which is which is fantastic. And you know, as I noted, I said, you know, the one thing the pandemic has given us is time, and now is the time to do those things that you don't normally have time to do. And one of them, you know, it was, you know, this workshop that, that the chamber did. Can you tell us just a little bit about that?
2: I would be happy to. Um, it was uh, this, this week it was Wednesday night um, from five to um, about six fifteen. We ran a little bit over and it, Living trusts and Wealth Management with Connecta and their Living Trust partner, uh, which is Affinity Trust. And the president of Affinity Trust is Natalie Spiewak. And this is going to sound so funny because usually when you you have financial Zooms or something of that nature, insurance or whatever, you know, they're good, they're very informational, but they're not necessarily exciting. Um, This was one of my favorite Zooms of the pandemic. Uh, Natalie Spiewak has a lovely way of presenting. Her information was so easy to understand. She just broke it down and led us through, you know, why, how, when, and what. And uh, it, was, it was just fantastic. And of course, the people over at Connecta uh, their sponsorship, their ongoing sponsorship of the Chamber of Commerce um, is one of the reasons why these you know seminars can be free of charge to attendees um, when we have a an event sponsor so it was really very interesting. We talked about living trust and estate planning, and i 'm um, just looking as you were setting that up, Jackie. I was just going back and looking at some of my notes I took um, you know she said she has people. You Know, let's just say as young as you know, 25 or 30, um, that call her firm to create a living trust. And she said, uh, her her oldest um, client that she ever had just was recently the lady was 95 years old,
1: oh boy, and was
2: just creating a living trust. And when they <laughs> finished, she said she said to her she said the the client said to Natalie well now i guess i'm organized in my life Because she's 95 she and she goes i feel so relieved so the moral of that little comment is you're never too young and you're never too old you know to take action That's right. and um my favorite quote from the evening um right after that Natalie said um because everybody puts this off. It's like putting off your accounting or your taxes, but even more so with your life, right? Um, she said not making a decision, and that decision is, you know, where to assign your assets or your properties or, or or custody of your kids if you were to pass away, whatever. Or even if you're incapacitated, who's going to take care of you and how are they going to manage everything? There's All these decisions are so important. It doesn't mean you have to pass away. There's other factors that can be protective in a living trust. She said, not making a decision is making a decision.
1: Okay, yes. Hmm. And
2: I love that. I mean, I literally have it highlighted right here. I'm looking at my notes. And it was, it was such a powerful comment. And, um, you know, not having a personal plan is making a decision, right? You know, so yes. Yes. Um, it, it was, you know, it's all about being proactive. Um, and you don't have to have – this was one of the questions. It was a great question is, you know, do you have to have, do you have to own a house or a property to have a living trust? And cause a lot of people I think, well, I don't have anything. So why should I have one? Right. But you do have bank accounts. You have checking accounts. You, you, even if you're paying rent or whatever you're doing, or maybe you have a business, but you don't own a house. Um, it's, so important to establish a living trust. Uh, so in the event that you pass away, or in the event that you are incapacitated, which can happen at any given moment, we know that, you know, um, it could be a car accident, it could be COVID, it could be whatever. And um, Uh, That somebody or something is assigned, you know, to be able to execute your wishes, um, uh, facilitate payments in your money, you know, even if you don't have that much money, it it is important. And she talked about, you know, if you don't have a plan, um, this was the other good quote, if you don't have a plan, the state of California certainly does. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, And I was like, right? <sighs> and I mean, that was a really powerful statement also. And you really don't want to be uh, having the state of California um, medal in your, even if you don't have that much money, you, you just don't want that because it takes, you know, a solid two years for things to go yes. through probate, even if it's just a small savings or checking account. And so she, you know, she goes, do the right thing. Don't be that one where, you know, that passes away and everybody's like, oh, you know, mom or grandma didn't leave us, you know, directions or whatever. And don't allow your family to have that stress. Don't allow them to, you know, argue or possibly put be put in the Um, position of making those decisions either like plan it out it's your wishes it's clearly stated if you don't know who um, if if there's no one in your family who you feel is capable of being the trustee you can actually appoint a what's called a corporate trustee so um, maybe you have a huge family and you don't know who to appoint. Uh, maybe you have a small one and you don't know who to appoint. you know maybe th- whatever the reasonings are, you can it does co- of course cost a little extra to have a corporate trustee, but there are um, organizations that are set up to, to do that and to have a fiduciary responsibility to execute the trust in which the way it was written and so forth. So there are options. And just like anything but it was a fantastic um seminar and um really 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 very easy to understand and, and very uh uh great questions and stuff so yeah that was that was this week and yes it was free so um next yes, week it's
1: free it's free that you see that mm-hmm. to me i i love free by the way i love <laughs> free I, and and things are free i love free <laughs> And, yeah. And no. And on that note, Kelly, I just wanted before you go on to the next item about the chamber. Um, while while Joe was out this summer, I had Deanne Chase uh, sitting in as co-host of the show and producing it. And one day, she brought on an attorney that that talked about what all the stuff you were just talking about. And it was like the six things that you should have in order, you know, for your life. It was, you know, will trust, you know, all these. one of them, I think it was called a health directive. Mm -hmm. And she she said something about, she said, once your child turns 18, Mm -hmm. if you don't have a health directive, you basically have no say in decisions made if they become incapacitated. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Really? I'm like, even if they still live at home, even if they're still under your insurance, even if, and they said, yeah, you know, if your kid's off in college or whatever, it doesn't matter. Insurance doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. And she was explaining how, you know, you, you just go and you get this health directive and God forbid anything happens, you'll still have a say in the care of your child. Yeah. Um, and I thought, wow, that is so important. And then, of course, you know, it goes into the back of my brain, right? Well, just the other day, I was speaking to my younger sister, whose youngest just turned 18.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And her brother is a year older. He's 19. And he, she was saying that, yeah, he he fell off his skateboard. He did something to his wrist. She said, you know, I brought him to the doctor. And that clicked a thing in my head. And I said to her, I said, do you know about this health directive? And she was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? And I told her about mm-hmm. it. And she said, really? I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's like, mm-hmm. I'll get right on that. Because she wasn't aware of it. And again, right. you know, this was free information that was on our show.
0: You know, mm-hmm. so like
1: the chambers, webinars and seminars and power hours and workshops, you learn stuff and it's all good.
2: You know, it, it is. And, you know, it's interesting. Um... uh you know, when, when a couple gets pregnant, they can go through prenatal parenting classes and you, you you, know you you can't you, you don't have to but you can go through them and you kind of learn about the pregnancy process and you know giving birth and the choices at the hospital doulas whatever and they kind of you know and then like the, the beginning of like the very newborn like literally how to change a diaper and uh, breastfeeding or whatever um, but that's kind of where the parent education stops uh, you know right and and mo, mo- I think most People take those classes, you know, or some iteration of them. Um, but then to continue on with parenting education, there are there are options, there are things out there, but um, they're not as let say mainstream. And it's more like you know, um, learn as you go you and about. learn learn as, by your friends. And um, it's interesting because yes the health directive thing like jump to when you know they're 18 and going off to college um some people are of the mindset of like oh i'm done okay they're 18 they're off they're going you know well you're you're, first of all you're never done as a parent um but um they almost need you more at 18 19 20 by the way because that's when they go off and they're Really experimenting life and doing things and i um I have a good um, friend who uh, her older son uh, went uh, off to college um, they you know they flew off they flew out at east Coast school checked him in um, met um, the roommate you know and those parents moving in you, you usually are able to do that unless Um, the kid moving into, you know, the room um, is a day or two behind or something. You miss them, whatever. Um, And she, um, they exchanged phone numbers. And uh, the kids exchanged phone numbers with the parents also. And they're like, look, we're not going to bug you. We're not going to text you. But we just want to have each other's contact information in the event anything ever happens. So they leave, Um, you know, they move their kids in, get them all set up, Um, respectively, they leave. This couple flies back to Manhattan Beach. Um, The next night, in the middle of the night, they get a phone call from the roommate of their son that um, their son had, you know, uh, overindulged at a party, um, like most college students do, right? (laughs) Came, Uh Came back and uh, had gone to bed and fell off the top bunk uh, of their dorm room and huh. had a head injury. And huh. so they, um, you know, as you can imagine, chaos ensued, and the, the kid got to the hospital, obviously, and everything. But they did not have this health directive. And th- thankfully, the roommate had their phone number, so he called them, you know, really fast. But they had to jump through hoops um, to be able to, um, you know, direct treatment as they were flying back across the country and then help. Kid ended up being fine, but um, needed treatment. Needed Had some serious, you know, issues. But, I'll, I, you know, I learned two things from that. You know, A, have the health directive, and B, always, get you the kids roommates, whether it's a dorm or an apartment or whatever, you know, um, mm. uh, or even a girlfriend, whatever, get, you know, have their phone number. Um, and so yeah. you can text each other. And I've done that with um, both of my boys and, um, you know, a couple of time it, times it, it's coming to and, uh, so, so important. Anyways, but we are just on a windy road this morning with our topics. But we're talking about some we're talking about some good stuff here. Um some really hey, I wanna talk about um, something else that's um, coming up next week that's so important to the community um, and to the chamber, and that is the chamber is hosting a city council candidate forum next yes. Wednesday evening from six thirty to eight PM um, of course via Zoom. Um, everybody is welcome you don't have to be a chamber member you don't have to be a business owner you can be a resident Um, if you're outside of the city and you have an interest in the city and you want to listen in that's fine too Um, all you have to do is register to get the zoom link it is free thanks to our sponsor um, Southern California Gas is sponsoring this one. And, yeah, because what people don't realize is, like, Zoom technology does cost something. Um, our time costs something. And uh, sometimes when people charge for events, even the virtual events, there are there are costs involved. So the sponsors do definitely help out. Um, but uh, we have almost 200 people registered for our City Council Canada Forum, which we're thrilled about. And uh, the questions are going to be, for the most part, business-related, which is kind of a, you know, top-level statement because a lot of things can affect the residential area and the business area and vice versa. So uh, we only have 90 minutes, which
0: um,
2: in the political world, you know, isn't long. (laughs) Uh, We have seven candidates. Um, which, you know, everybody always wants to be long-winded to get their their point, you know, and their views across. This is going to be a very tight, um, quick answers and, you know, short statements. We're allowing uh, a one-minute opening statement um, and a one-minute closing statement from each candidate, which leaves us roughly with other little, um, you know, technical things, about 60 minutes of hard Q&A forum-wise. So um, it's going to be interesting. I'm moderating. Uh, we are taking questions. Uh, when you sign up for the event on our website, um, you can write in your registration a question or a topic that you would like us to address. We're going to do our best to get to all of those. It might not be your specific question, but it might be. It might fall into the same category as something else. So we're going to. I'm grouping all of those. Um, if you can't attend, but you have a question, um, you can still email us at info@manhattanbeachchamber.com at and send us your question. Um, I'm happy to to look at those and and try to merge them into everything we're doing. But I've had so many people. Call and email and text going. I'm so glad you're doing this because, like everything else, it's a different year and we can't meet in person right. in a big auditorium to have a forum or a debate. Right. So, um, the, I you know we're I think the downtown Manhattan Beach um, Business Association is going to have a smaller one uh, in the weeks after ours. And there might be some other ones that kind of crop up. I know the League of Women Voters is looking to do one, too. But there's not as many as usual. So um, we're happy to host it. Uh, We're going to do our best to help the public and the businesses, you know, get to know these candidates so you can make an informed decision on November 3rd. I mean, gosh, I, you know, sometimes people complain now about something. And I'm like, well, you know, did you know when you voted for whomever or or whatever? Did you really know who you were voting for, or did you really know what that proposition meant? Did you really read and research or ask questions? And they're like, no, I just, you know, know them through my friend's son's baseball team, you know. And you're like,
1: people yeah. you know, get
2: involved, they get get educated because it really is so important. I think, you know, like in the positions I sit in people like you guys, you know, we're kind of, we're in the know a lot because we're actively involved Mm -hmm. in the community and we interview people and we have other meetings and stuff, but the average, you know, person um, just on a local election isn't as informed with all the information. And I think it's so important now more than Uh, ever, So you know, uh, get get educated, but, and then execute, execute your right to vote. Like, do it, you know. Um, and don't just vote uh, to say you did it. Like, vote strategically and informed, right? Like, don't just mark boxes. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I'll get off my voting soapbox. But um,
1: <laughs> very, very important. No. And we're happy to
2: host and the Canada Forum.
1: Kelly, it's so important. There are so many important issues we're dealing with, never mind COVID, we had issues before COVID. You know, the homeless issue is still a huge yeah. issue. You know, that got put on the back burner. As a matter of fact, there was there were three Zoom meetings last night at the same time. I wanted to yeah. get in on all of them. I couldn't. And and by the way, all three of them were three different cities. You know, yeah. not, not my not the city I live in, but they're right next door to me. And I want to know what's going on. What are they? What decisions are they making? Because you know the South Bay—it's a tight place. There's 13 separate cities, but we're all right next to each other. So what one does yep. affects other cities. So it's so important. As a matter of fact, um, after the show, I'm going to go uh, onto YouTube because uh, one of these one of these events last night, it was going to tape it and post it to YouTube today. So because uh, I'm just really interested. It's not my city, but I'm really interested in it. And again, as you said, so much important stuff going on. You have to be made aware. You know, you, you, it's Kelly, there's nothing wrong with being up on that soapbox. You know, you need somebody needs to do it. You know, everybody <laughs> needs to do it. get up on the, as much as you can and, yeah. and help people get informed, you know, so we right. we've seen it how many times have we seen it, you know, uh, you know, you see the commercials, you see the ads on online and in the papers. Um, uh, and unfortunately sometimes propositions are worded a certain way. You think you're voting for this, but you're not really, you know, so, so you have to, you have to know what you're doing. You have to know what you you're do, doing. You can't and you can't. it is
2: not Stop easy. That. I mean, I, you know, we're pretty involved in, there are plenty of times on propositions and you know things where I'm like, okay, wait a minute, what? Like explain that. A, you know, you have to hear it several times, and and you have to make sure you're getting kind of the bipartisan, you know, um, yeah. dialogue on it. And you know, it, hey, whatever you choose, whatever your choice is, that's your choice, not your right. But just 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 understand it and and make sure you're you know you're getting the right information. And um, it is. I, yeah, there are so many times where I have to pick up the phone or an email and just go, can you explain this one a little bit more to me? Because I need to actually explain it to my, you know, my Right. And and um, I always, no matter what my personal belief is, I always want to um I call it the Peter Jennings. I want to give people the, um, you know, what is the, you know, the baseline information and um, a fair, you know, description of something. Um, Remember Peter Jennings? He was my favorite newscaster. ABC a bazillion years ago. Uh, He always. Yeah, I remember
1: him. I remember him very, very well.
2: He never broke, um, you know, an eyebrow or a smirk or anything. He delivered the news factually. And he delivered it um, in a very nonpartisan way. And, you know, there was plenty of issues in his days that were extremely controversial, and he just delivered it, like, straight down the middle line and allows each lane, to you know, to interpret it and and to take and form their own opinion. But I so respected him in, um, you know, the the, the national media, you know, and international media um, has just, um, gosh, they've just—you know—there's there's very little of that where it's kind of a non-opinionated, you know, reporting of something these days yes. when it comes yes. to yes. issues. And I, I appreciate when they when it when it is and um, let people form their opinions, let them ask questions, but don't deliver it in a in a snarky way, <laughs> you know. So um, yes,
1: no, no, no snark It's it's difficult to get straight news these days. I miss those days. I miss those mm-hmm. days when news was just reported and and there was no opinion and um, yeah no you have to you have to you have to you have to dig you have to dig to see what's really going on but the voting uh, so yeah. important so important never been as as important as it is now you know so, I you know. I'm
2: looking forward I'm looking forward to seeing the voter turnout numbers and I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing the voter turnout demographics like I'm mm-hmm. really am curious are we going to have more young people, you know, 18, 19, like young, you know, people voting than we ever have before. Are we going to have, you know, different, you know, socioeconomic vote? I think it's going to be fascinating. I, if there's ever a time where I think the numbers are really going to change, this is going to be it. But then we also have the whole mail-in ballot issue. Who knows what's going to happen. But, um, uh, I'm kind of
1: actually is looking forward to it, it being is, over. <laughs> is, it, is it Kelly? Is is it true that every Californian is, that's registered is going to get a ballot mailed to them? Is that that's what I've been told? Is that what that's... yep, yep. That's what wow. I've been told. So wow. um
0: I know. I'm going to and my then, polling
1: place. I'm going to my polling place. I, I'm go. What, I like I like I like going to my polling place and standing in line. And getting my my little my little sheet and going in there and I make sure nobody's looking over my shoulder, you know, as I as <laughs> oh, I yeah. punch out the little things. Um, and then I get my little sticker and I wear it all day. Um, I I you know I I don't I know there's been arguments for and against it, but I, election day, national election day, it kind of should be a holiday, shouldn't it, so that everybody can mm. can go out and vote. I know there's I know they've talked about it over the years, but Nothing's right. going to happen. Okay.
2: okay, so I think that's a great idea. But um, let's think about the unintended consequence of that. So if it was a national holiday, would people take it off and go skiing or go, you know, uh, you know, I mean, okay, would people, I don't know, you know, I mean, uh, think about that. Would they make it a, a long four-day weekend because Monday is always on Tuesday, right? So would it go, right. I don't know. Um, but that isn't it, to make the – and the, the presidential election and a national holiday that's an interesting thought Jackie um, yeah
1: well yeah no, you're we'll right i didn't sh- think it about the un- i didn't think about the unintended consequences you're absolutely right if tuesday's a holiday everybody's taking monday off and they're 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 going someplace. you're right you're absolutely right um yeah no didn't think about that all right well, yeah, that always, yeah. right i always say there's two if
2: not three or four sides to a to a story or a thought, right? Uh, And I I always like to bring up the unintended consequence because I think we don't, we don't do that enough with things. And I'm like, okay, hang on. That's a great idea, but let's think about that. You know? So.
1: (laughs) There's been a severe lack of that. There's been a severe lack of that this year where people are just making decisions and not thinking about the unintended circumstances. That's for sure. Oh,
2: I know. I I, I know. What a divisive (laughs) time.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I so, 2020 the, the last year 2020 the last year it, it is what it is. We just got to we just got to get through it. We got to barrel through. All right? And get mm-hmm. get through all this into next year and 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 look, things have got to improve.
2: Well, mm-hmm. I suppose, oh yeah. Do you, do you do you think that 2021 is going to be that much different?
1: Okay, I, you know, I've heard from several different people. Well, well, first off, Kelly, I just want to make note that back in early April, I sat down and thought about this, and I came to the conclusion that this year was finished. You know, in the <laughs> middle of March when this started, you know, a lot of people, you know, when they said lockdown, everybody hungered down. And, and, and I swear, I th- I believe the vast majority of people thought a couple of weeks, a month, maybe maybe two months, and we'll be through with this. Beginning of April, I said, "No, no." I said, "We got to write this year off," and and I was right. But I am still hearing people saying it's going to go well into next year, well into like maybe the summer or something. But I'll tell you, everything that I'm reading, people are already fighting back. Um, one of the counties in California, uh, 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 not a small county, but not not a huge population. I think I think it was uh Oh shoot! I'm not going to remember the name of the county, but 150 of their and their big businesses are saying no. We're going back to work. So, regardless of what the government does, I think a lot of people are just going to say, "I'm over this. Let's get back to life." Not necessarily always in big ways, you know. Um, you know, uh, people will, you know, start having parties at their houses or their annual events or whatever. Uh, you know things will start things will slack off, you know store owners will't keep track of only fifty percent of people coming into their stores or restaurants will okay twenty five percent occupancy let's go to forty percent you know the hell with it i think I think that's what's gonna happen, regardless of what the government mm-hmm. says. People are just gonna just gonna be at a point where they're done you know a lot of business a lot of businesses they're going out of business, they can't keep mm-hmm. their doors open if this goes on much longer
0: so no, you're talking about of, next year, it, right.
1: Yes, yeah. After the holidays, yeah, I think year. most people will but, observe things through the year because the holidays is when everybody gets together. But I yeah. think, I think, I think we'll 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 continue that through the end of the year. But I think come next next year, you know, early spring, I think I think it's just gonna you know, people aren't gonna, and, and I think I think the government will realize that they can put out all the edicts they want, but when the vast majority of people just start ignoring them. You know, that that's kind of where I think it's going.
0: Well, I, I, I think also, of course, things will change when there is a credible, uh, safe and effective vaccine. But also, Jackie, as you well know from being uh, from Manhattan and me from Chicago, um, we have three months of hell. Yes. Where going outside yeah. Is, yeah. is not a good idea. Why why not yep. go outside cuz it's cold out there. <laughs> yeah. And uh we got to get through that. And that's going to be that's going to be in the age of COVID-19. Winter is going to be the real test. Um Yeah, that's, going to, be inter-
1: that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting to see, you know, as so I like- said, yeah, hey, in the cold climate areas, it may start before next spring. You know, this winter. You know, you just said it. I didn't even think of that. You know, restaurants are going to be like, "Hey, we can't eat outside anymore. We got to open our doors. The hell with you."
0: Well, you uh, know, we'll see. We'll watch. Have you Have you lived in a cold climate, Kelly? Uh, Have you lived in a?
2: um, Well, interesting. I grew up in Northern California which at first glance is not like a New York City or an East Coast or Midwest cold climate. But I was just having Mm. this conversation with my younger son the other day because he's an environmental studies major. And I said, you know, we were talking about um, um, climate change and global warming. And uh, I grew up in Sacramento. And uh, traditionally from Halloween or the beginning of November through Mm. to February, it was cold and damp. And mm-hmm. um, dreary, because we got the what they call the tule fog, which is not like beach fog. This is you know in the central valley of California, from Bakersfield up and even beyond Sacramento, um, you get it's a valley, and you get this tule fog that hangs over the valley for a good two solid two to four months. and there would be days in Sacramento where Actually, months, we would not see the sun. I remember vividly counting to 32 days. I had never seen the sun. And <laughs> and you'd have to drive up to the foothills or the mountains to get above that tule fog, super th- thick layer. So um, mm-hmm. that was – it was very cold, and we would get frost. Um, you know, every 10 years, we'd have a little dusting of snow. So not cold in that sense. Um, right, but, right. Uh, but when you go to but Sacramento, now, uh, Sacramento is not yeah. that way anymore. It's it's kind of you know Thanksgiving was always dreary and cold. It's usually kind of you know it's not eighty degrees, but it's it's tepid weather. So um, I've never lived in super cold climate. My boys have; they both went to cold climate schools. Uh, I think we you know where where it's like you know twenty degrees below. Uh, but no, I have never actually lived in that extreme type of weather.
0: It's it, this is the real test for a pandemic when you cannot go outside or as Jackie was saying when you cannot serve outside um, that's going to be uh, our test and our our, our sort of uh, national test in a way um, we'll see how it goes but well yeah, a like wonderful we, we've show. we've made
1: it we, we've <laughs> meant to, we've made a dent in solving the problems of the world today uh, I think so good
0: good job <laughs> i i i am looking forward i'm sorry i just want to say i'm looking forward to being a member of the manhattan beach chamber i think that that is going to be one of the best decisions that i could have made uh to launch my new business and uh and uh i'm just looking forward to it thank you kelly well we we
2: are super thrilled that you joined the chamber again Joe with this your yes, new business yep. your new venture and we should do a little reverse um Jackie we should um interview Joe on Ooh. on the show on a Friday um as we would other new members so all right I sounds, look. sounds like
1: fun we yeah that,
2: and eventually way, i would yeah, we you know learn a little bit more about Joe, um, you know from from way back way back Joe and to, to now, because uh, that w- that would be super fun. Uh, so if, you know if you're g- if you both are game for that, uh, Jackie and I, uh, you know we're going to interview you, uh, Joe, and we'll serve that huh? up so Ke-
1: Ke- Kelly, 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 will we'll we'll write up some hard hitting questions.
2: Heck <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Would we not? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's Jackie and Kelly. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well,
1: right. Thank you, Joe. So, uh, I, was, I was so thrilled
0: you know, to see that. Uh, thank you. You know,
1: um, uh, we, 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 our guests never showed up today. Uh, hopefully, we can reschedule them. Um, but, no, good show. Good show, Kelly, Joe. Good show. Uh, Joe, let's wrap this up. It, it's Friday.
0: Well, well, it's Friday, ladies edition. and gentlemen. Weekend is straight ahead, and uh, I want to thank you both um, because um, I think today we demonstrated, you know, that uh, this show really is about this place that we live in and what a wonderful place it is, how um, there's so many different uh, avenues of, of information and uh Uh, places to go to get information Uh, we just want to make that plain for people uh, we welcome you all to join us every Thursday morning and Friday morning and uh, that's our show ladies and gentlemen Kelly, Jackie thank you for joining us today
1: always a pleasure Joe thank you both
2: Jackie and Joe have a beautiful weekend
0: have a beautiful weekend everyone. bye bye